0: Okay, we're in our Christmas series called the Brighton Morning Star. And last week, Pastor Jim spoke to us about the wise men and he spoke to us about wisdom and knowledge um, and growing in wisdom and knowledge and how wisdom and knowledge behaves, how we behave if we are people of wisdom and knowledge. So this week, we're going to continue. So we're in Matthew chapter two, if you're wanting to look up or turn on your Bibles, uh, Matthew chapter two. Now, for some reason, Um, Jim spoke about the wise men last week and for some reason I seem to have been given the pleasure of speaking about the villain in the Christmas story, Herod. So today we're going to have a look at Herod because this is where we're up to. So not the sweet shepherds, not the noble wise man, not beautiful Mary, no I get Herod. So we're going to check him out today. I get the villain, thank you. So um, Jim just, uh, we were in Matthew, yeah, uh, Matthew chapter 2 last week and Jim looked at the first two verses. So we're going to start reading from verse 3. Uh, and we know that the wise men have come to Jerusalem in search of the king of the Jews who had been born. So just reading from verse 3 onwards. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. When he heard that the king of the Jews had been born, the Magi had come to him, he was deeply disturbed as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked where the Messiah is supposed to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, but this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the ruling cities, uh, cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. So first Herod, Um, called the chief priests to come and say, where is this king going to be born? Where is this king for the Jews going to be born? Then he called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star had first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star that had been seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it came time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So King Herod, or Herod the Great, as he liked to be known or liked to be called, which gives us a clue to his state of mind that he demanded to be called Herod the Great, became paranoid about anything that might affect his position as the ruler he became paranoid about anything that might affect his position as the ruler over the Jews. So since he liked to call himself great, this morning I'd like us just to have a look at a couple of things about what greatness actually is. What does greatness actually look like? So thank you to King Herod because he called himself great. We'll go in that direction today. Firstly, greatness is not found in position. Greatness is found in purpose. Position is just position. It's a name, it's a title. The only thing that ultimately matters, whatever position we ever get, is what we do with that position. For what purpose do we use that position? Greatness is not found in position. Greatness is found in purpose. Herod had actually been a strategic and at times benevolent leader for the Jews. He had actually been a guy that when, um, when there was times of famine or there was times of have it not, there not being so much, he would actually not take as much tax from the people. He had actually been very strategic in how he had built and the infrastructure and that that he had done in the land. So he had actually been a good ruler in some ways. But his, rule, so his rulership had a really good start in some ways, but then... His insecurity and paranoia took over and it changed him. And you see, it is not how we start, it's how we take the journey and finish. What matters is how we take the journey and finish. Herod ended up having a number of his family members killed because he thought in some way they might threaten his position as the ruler. And then we know that he had all the boys from two years and under in Bethlehem killed because he had heard that Jesus had been born. Now, I'll tell you now, spoiler alert, that Herod didn't end up having a good ending. And in fact, history records that Herod died not long after the birth of Jesus from kidney disease and gangrene of the genitals. Merry Christmas. Now, Herod was an Edomite, and he was made king over the Jews um, because he had done favours and he had flattered the rulers in Rome. And so um, historians say that he may have been half-Jewish, but he was an Edomite. Um, but because he flattered Rome, and we know that at this point the, the people of Israel were under the oppression and the rule of the Roman Empire, because Herod had flattered them and had you know, stroked their egos, they made him the ruler over the Jews. But he knew he was not a legitimate king over the Jews. So when he heard that this child had been born and this child was of the Davidic line, he became very threatened. That was when he became threatened. It isn't likely that he necessarily believed the faith of the Jews and that they were waiting for a Messiah. It isn't likely that he actually believed that there was a coming Messiah. His concern was that all the people believed there was a coming Messiah and would become their ruler and would be from the Davidic line. So when Herod heard that this baby was born of the Davidic line, he became paranoid. He let his insecurity take over him. And as we know, he had all those children killed to try and make sure that Jesus didn't live. But greatness is not found in position. It's found in what we do with our position. And what Herod did with his position was to destroy anyone that might threaten his position. The priority of Herod's leadership became getting rid of anybody that might threaten his position. The goal of his position was to never lose his position. That's where Herod went. He had once been an okay leader, maybe even a good leader, but once he allowed insecurity and paranoia and jealousy to enter him, he became became wicked and he became deceitful. So let's look at someone who held even a higher position, the highest of all positions. How did Jesus use his position? Philippians chapter 2 gives us the most amazing description of Jesus and what he did with the position that he had. We're just reading from verse 5. It says, You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Now, that first line is so good because it means that what Paul is describing to the church in this letter to the Philippians, he is not just saying, I'm just going to tell you something about Jesus. He begins by saying, act like Jesus did here. You need to be like Jesus was in this circumstance. You need to understand what Jesus did. And he says, this was Jesus' attitude. Your attitude should be exactly the same. He says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human born, in form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour, gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Jesus freely humbled himself. He didn't strive to be positioned in a higher place, he did the opposite. Jesus took a downward trajectory, a trajectory, so that he could serve others. He didn't try to lift himself up like Herod did and try to do away with anyone that might threaten him, Jesus actually shows us that the way up is down. Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, he will lift you up. So when I think about Herod, just like everyone else in that story, Herod could have received that salvation. But instead, he wanted to keep lifting himself higher. He was striving to be held up, be served more, be higher. And he destroyed himself in the process. And he missed the salvation that came and was offered to everybody. And in fact, the greatest act of humanity ever was when the God of heaven entered humanity. He became one of us so that he could save all of us. The greatest act of humanity was God becoming a human. Jesus came to the cradle so that he could go to the cross. And now he holds the name that is above every other name. So if you want to be great, or let's put it a different way because I want to be great. That sounds so bad, doesn't it? If you want to live a great life before God, if you want to live a great life for God, humble yourself before God. Focus on serving God's plan and living the life that God has called you to live because that's what Jesus did. Let's humble ourselves under God's hand, amen? Second thing we see here about true greatness is that greatness depends on how we deal with our wondering, how we deal with our wondering. We all have wonderings. I don't mean wonderings W-A, wonderings W-O. Now, I've entitled this message um, Star of Wonder because the word wonder has a couple of meanings and we find them here in this story has a couple of meanings. It can mean amazement or admiration, and it can also mean doubt and consternation. The word wonder doesn't just have one meaning. And we see both of these at play in the Christmas story. There is both joy and there is consternation about the arrival of Jesus. Different responses, different wonderings about what is happening when Jesus arrived on the earth. The Magi, when they saw um, the star, the Bible tells us they were filled with joy. They're absolutely filled with joy. They bought gifts in line with who Jesus was. They bought him gold because he was a king. They bought frankincense in um, recognition of his deity that because he was God. And they bought myrrh in recognition of the sacrificial death that he was going to die. But Herod had a very different response. The arrival of the King of Jews was very confronting to him. It was very confronting that someone had arrived who people were saying, This is our new king. Our new king has arrived. And while he pretended that he would go and worship, he told the Magi, Find out where he is, find out when he was born, because I'm going to go and worship him. While he pretended that what he actually wanted to do was to kill Jesus so his um, position wasn't threatened. He started out so well. But then he destroyed himself and his ending wasn't good. So I'm just going to ask you today, what is your response to Christmas? What's your response to Christmas? Are you like the Magi? Do you seek after Jesus? Do you seek him? If you know Jesus, do you still seek him daily? Do you still seek him and to make him the Lord of your life? Do you offer your best to him? I mean, they didn't bring him scraps. The Bible says they opened their treasure chest. They bought him their best. Are you like the Magi? Do you seek to bring Jesus your best every day? Are you like the shepherds? The Bible tells us that when the shepherds heard the word and it was brought out by the kids in the play, they excitedly went and told everybody the good news. Is it in your heart to tell people the good news of the gospel? Do you want other people to know? Do you have an excitement in your heart because what you know is worth so much that you want to tell other people the gospel. Are you like Mary? You don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You may have wonderings. You may be wondering about certain things. I wonder about certain things. Mary wondered about certain things. She didn't have all the answers, but she obediently Um, she obeyed in faith would be the right way to say it. She said, I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. Are you like Mary and you say, even if I have some wonderings, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to obey my God in faith. It's my desire that I would be all three of those. I'd be a mix of those three things. Herod's life is a cautionary tale to us. Herod's life is a cautionary tale. It is not about how you start. Everyone doesn't get a great start, but it's not about how you start. It's how you take the journey and it is how you finish. Because God is wanting to say, well done, good and faithful servant, because we finish well. If you don't know Jesus, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, if you're in the house with us today, we welcome you. But if you don't know Jesus, and you're wondering what all this worship is about, what this faith is, what is this, you've got wanderings, you might have consternation. I just want to say to you, ask God to show you that he is real. Jim told us this combi story. I'm glad the Lord was there because tartan carpet, that could only be a bad memory otherwise. But that's what happened. Jim said, God, show me you're real. Show me that you're real. And he had an encounter with the living God in that horrible combi. It can happen for any of us. So if you don't know the Lord, ask him to show you that he is real. If there's only one takeaway from Christmas, I want to say to you, God is for you. God is for you. Jesus came to earth. God in heaven became a human being, came as a vulnerable baby so that he could go to the cross because he is for you. He is for you. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray a prayer to close this morning. I think we've just had so many wonderful things happen this morning. But I'd I'd like us all to walk away um, having been prayed over. So I'm going to pray this morning. And, And what I want to pray is that we would be like the Magi, that we would seek God every day, that our hearts would be to God every day, That we would look to be guided by God every day. That we would be like the shepherds. That there would be an excitement in our hearts because of what we have that we just want to share it. We're not just holding it in. We're sharing it. It's too good to be quiet about. That we would have that in our hearts. And I'm going to pray that we would be like Mary because I know that there's going to be people who wonder, God, what about this? What about this? And we have our wonderings. But I'm going to pray that we are like Mary and we will say, God, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to obey you and I'm going to live to you and it's going to be a life of faith. Amen? So I'm just going to pray this over us. And if you agree, I just invite you to raise your hand to the Lord and say, yeah, Lord, that's me. That's me. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. And Lord, I thank you. My hand is raised to you, Lord. I thank you that you sent your son. I thank you, Jesus, that you came. Jesus, we say thank you. We say thank you. You had a home in heaven. You had everything in heaven. But Lord, you made yourself nothing to save us and you entered humanity. Jesus, we say thank you. And I pray over all of us this morning, including those watching online. And Lord, I say, Lord, we want to be like the Magi who just keep looking and looking and looking. And when we find you, we give you our best. We give our best to you every day. Lord, you are worth our treasures. You are worth more than our treasures. We give you our best. We recognise that you are the King. We recognise that you are God. We recognise your sacrificial death and we give you our best as we say thank you. And Lord, I pray that we would be like those shepherds who once they knew there was just so much excitement. Lord, you can't hold it in. Lord, let us be people that tell and tell and tell the good news. Lord, let us not become slack and bored and weary in telling people the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be Marys, Lord, because we have brains. You gave us brains. We're going to have wonderings. But, Lord, we would say, we are your servants. May it be to us as you have said. Lord, by faith, we obey you. And I pray this over everyone in the house today. I pray it for those watching online. And Lord, that you would become so real to anyone who doesn't know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.